0: Welcome to A New Human Story. In this series, I'm speaking with young changemakers who are creating a better world for people and planet. Today, I'm so excited to be speaking with Jessica Bird, who is the founder of Serendipity Lifestyle, a creative oasis that is home to brilliant, beautiful women who believe in a deeper, kinder world. Jessica is a published author, coach, blogger, and community builder on a mission to share healing and gracious living with the world. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So nice to have you. I was so excited to have you today because I was after reading your interview and your videos and looking at your site, you just have such wisdom for such a young person. It's amazing. And you truly carry yourself with grace, which is, I think, where we all need to get to in order to build a better world for everybody. It's truly amazing to see how you carry yourself through all this. Thank so, you. So with that, can you tell us a little bit about what led you to become a changemaker?
1: Well, I think when you say I carry myself with grace, it's probably where that came from. Actually, I had a really rough childhood and I've had just a lot of things that most people don't have to deal with that I've been going through from a very young age. So my mom was 16 when she had me and she was already drinking and using drugs. And it kind of got worse from there for her. And on top of that, I have cystic fibrosis. So I have a chronic illness. And I have a lot of younger siblings. So all of these things kind of came together. And they could have been something that constantly pushed me down. But it never worked out like that. (laughs) I think I was always just excited at the opportunity to make people smile and to find fun ways to enjoy whatever it was I was going through. So I started writing as a teenager. And I think that's when I first saw the power of my perspective being shared, making a difference. And once I saw that I could actually brighten people's days and brighten the world and even free myself up a little bit and make it easier on me to just exist and make it a little easier to be kinder to everybody else, once I saw that in action, it was sort of addictive. Now I just can't stop.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. It's a, You are truly an old soul. And I think that's what I'm seeing in young, uh, some inspiring young people these days is that, uh You may be young, but uh, you come with a lot of wisdom and deep knowing about how we can sort of move forward in this reality that we're in. So, you know, we're all very grateful to have you (laughs) as part of this new human story. So, you know, what is Serendipity Lifestyle then? It sounds amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means and what this creative oasis looks like? Yeah, so it actually started out as a blog
1: when I was just barely out of high school. I had a miscarriage and I was 19. I just got married. So it wasn't a very common story. And I was reading blog after blog, trying to find comfort for this position I was in. And there was nobody talking about it anywhere near my age. So I shared about it online. I decided to start a blog and share my healing journey. And I ended up reaching people, which anybody who started a website knows you don't start a website and just start reaching lots of people. It's how you picture it in your head, but that's not how it happens. (laughs) Same with the business. So I actually was reaching a couple people from this one thing I wrote and thought, oh, that was kind of powerful. And I just decided to keep doing it. Anytime I had a hard time, instead of keeping it to myself, I shared it. And then it impacted people and they shared with me and I made friends that way. And this went on for years before it bloomed into my business, the Serendipity Lifestyle. So now it's kind of a blend of a sisterhood and a coaching business, and it still is a very vulnerable blog where I share really raw, real time things that I'm going through. And then I also share the process of reflecting and how I do this inner work that gets me so grounded mm. and makes it possible to actually create change from something negative. It doesn't just happen, and it's not something that you're innately born with. It's just that reflection and intentional change takes time, it's a learned skill. So that's what
0: it is now is a space to share that. That's amazing. It's so inspiring. I think a lot of times people just think, oh, you must be just born with that passion and that <laughs> ability to change the world. And I thought it, you know, it's so refreshing to hear you say that. In fact, it's something that we can all do, right? And we can all mm-hmm. develop that skill and the capacity. And it just takes determination and hard work in order to be able to keep going. And I think that one of the things that you said in your online video, which I encourage everyone to take a look at when they have a chance, is the fact that sometimes things go fast. And then sometimes there's a pause, and there's a lull. you need to take time to reflect and use that space. And I think that it's something that I often tell people that, you know, do and allow right working with the universe and manifesting success is about pushing and then allowing space to have growth happen, right? How do you stay balanced in those times and in that sort of frantic kind of pushing and pulling Mm -hmm. and pausing and keeping motivated?
1: Well, first, I want to say I'm not perfect at it <laughs> by any means. It's constantly a journey for me, but this is what serendipity means to me. So when I think of it, serendipity, to me, it's that feeling like you've hit every single green light in a row, you know, when that happens and it's almost weird, like you're waiting for something to stop you because it should not be this easy. Mm-hmm. I notice that when I'm allowing and when I'm really I'm I'm content with myself. I trust myself where I am. I feel supported and I'm letting the universe in. I'm letting what I want in. I kind of always have those days where it is every green light. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But then Mm -hmm. if I get scared, suddenly something does stop me. Something does slow me down or it weighs me down. And usually it's self-imposed. Sometimes it's just the fact that I get scared and I feel that fear and that fear is exhausting. So for me, the balance isn't so much needing to push myself as it is needing to allow myself to settle into exactly where I am, which I feel like we've all gotten a good taste of this year with the pandemic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we are our worst enemies Sometimes I do find, you know, we stand in our own way. And sometimes if we just got out of our way a little bit and allowed more to happen, we would be able to get so much further ahead. So, Mm -hmm. I mean... How do you find your passion and how do you get back to yourself and be able to get into that flow?
1: Oh, my gosh. For me, it was not optional. <laughs> I get, when I feel things, I feel them like to the core. It's very hard for me sometimes to separate my feelings from facts. And I kind of use that to my advantage in that I have a very clear distinction between what is for me and what is not for me. So for me, in the beginning, I just chased what was that yes. Anything that was a yes. I had all these little hobbies when I first started. I was studying herbalism. I read fantasy books. I was learning Spanish. (laughs) I was writing my own books, fiction and nonfiction. (laughs) I had this blog. I was rescuing puppies and volunteering. I just did everything. And it was really fun. Instead of following the pressure that all my friends had to go and get this certain degree and start this career path and find the right person to marry and check all those boxes, I decided that my boxes were yeses. They weren't necessarily what other people told me to get. Is this a yes for me? Okay, let's try it. So you, and then if I got tired, sure. then it was time to reevaluate. Yeah, yeah, an
0: explorer of yourself. Yeah, you don't have
1: to be a minimalist when it comes to passion.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mean, that's amazing. I think that that's, you know, getting out there and figuring it out because people think you should just have this passion and it should just be there. Well, it comes from trying things that you like and narrowing it down and, and saying, maybe I don't like that, but I'll go after and try what I do like. And eventually, mm-hmm. eventually you find the things that really are meaningful to you, right? So yeah, how- I think that
1: surrender helps too.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I didn't find mine until I quit putting pressure on myself to narrow it down. Mm. Once I let loose, then it made itself clear.
0: Right. When you talk about the importance of having your core values, what mm. has that done for you in your journey?
1: It's made everything easy or easier.
0: <laughs> How do you find your values and get back to those in hard times? I did it by looking at who inspired me.
1: Mm.
0: Whenever I like when
1: I was a little kid, I felt lost all the time or I felt like. I saw these adults who were living this crazy party lifestyle and they were very miserable and they were mean to each other and they weren't happy with each other. And I saw these cycles and thought, why don't they just calm down for a minute? Why don't they just spend a minute with themselves? And I would look at what they needed or what my little kid self thought they needed. You know, we know it all when we're eight, it's fine. (laughs) But then I would look at another adult who didn't have that problem. And who maybe gave me the fulfillment that I needed or the, the care that I needed as a little kid. And I, to me, it was just that observing that noticing what I didn't want and what I did want and seeing what was different. So I'd see these qualities and people that inspired me. And then I would look at where I saw that or wanted that in myself. And that's kind of how I started to create lists of what my core values could be.
0: Hmm. So what kind of things do you help people or facilitate people to do in your coaching business and in your blogs and in in some of the community spaces that you have in this program?
1: My coaching is a little different than a lot of the coaching industry. I don't push for a lot of external transformation. Instead, I help people really dig deeper into who they are and look deeper into creating those core values and just taking the time to build habits of reflecting. So it depends on the type of person I'm working with. But if I have someone who's really, really structured, I will help them kind of peel away some of the structure and just play with it. Just see if they can trust themselves without the rigid structure they had before. Or if they have no structure, then we'll play with just a little bit of a routine and just see and teach them to have that trust in themselves to have just like five minutes in the evening that they do the same thing. But it's all around this building trust in yourself. And you do that by trying things and by exploring things And just being able to let go of whatever feels most comfortable and safe for you, just for a minute, in a small way. Mm. But those little bitty steps really add up. It's kind of like that rippling impact that we're always talking about.
0: Absolutely. I think that's so important. And I think right now, more than ever, it is so important for people to be able to have the tools to get back to themselves, right? And I always say it's um, the world that we create is a reflection of how we feel and think inside. And so if we can get back to our true selves and live from a heart-centered place, then we can create you know, that reflected out in the external world as well. So I think it's so important what you're doing and really helpful for a lot of people who just need those basic tools to get back to themselves, you know? That's amazing. So do you have a daily practice? Is there something that you do, a morning practice or an evening practice to connect with yourself again after a busy day?
1: Yes and no. The pandemic has done horrible things to mine. (laughs) But what I've learned for me is that having... Options within my practice is really helpful. So, I do have a certain way that I go about my morning. So, I have types of tasks that I'll do, but it's not necessarily the same thing every day. Hmm. But what I found is that honoring myself to the point where I, for me, I had this belief growing up that things would never stable, things never stayed the same. I had all this chaos, things were always just, there was trauma, nothing ever, I don't know, it never stayed the same. And so, for me as an adult, I had a really hard time with routine and stability at all. And so what I did was created this little bit of space for myself every morning and said, you know what, no matter what, every single morning, I will show up for myself in these ways. And it was this process of kind of healing, forgiving my parents for what they couldn't give me and also realizing how powerful I am and how much I can help other people, but only if I'm taken care of first. Uh-huh. So I have this morning routine now where I do something for my body, I do something for my mind and I do something to connect with my creates every single day before I touch anything else
0: (laughs) that's amazing and I think that's so like we need to get back to taking care and nurturing ourselves so that we can nurture each other and the planet and uh, just recognizing that in ourselves is really important
1: I think one of the biggest pieces too is permission to Uh be able like permission to make mistakes permission to take that Uh time because if we don't give ourselves that permission we can't do anything at all Uh it's a really important part of this work
0: it is. I think so many people I talk to, and and I had this starting out was I'd sit down to meditate, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, but you know I should be doing this, or I have my to do list, or I've got to make these phone calls, and I don't have time for this. And then you know finally dawned on me, I'm like, wait, I don't have time for myself. I don't have time to <laughs> nurture myself and take care of myself so that I can do all this great work with everyone else. Well, that just doesn't make any sense. Like that's pretty crazy. So you're right. It's mm-hmm. just it's a funny thing. We're so hard on ourselves, and if we can just learn to be able to allow that, just a little bit of space, you know, even if you start. With five minutes a day for yourself, then it starts to build from there.
1: Mm-hmm. And five minutes is a lot. Doing anything consistently, especially if you haven't before, is hard. So you gotta like clap for yourself and high fives in the mirror, <laughs> you deserve <it>. <laughs> <laughs> those little yeah. five minutes are huge. You gotta acknowledge that.
0: Yeah. So what are some things that people can do every day then to begin to develop a practice for themselves of building up to being a change maker, or if people are starting out as a change maker? You know, what are some things that people can do to start to connect back with themselves and start to get onto this journey?
1: I think the biggest thing anybody can do is think of a way of being alone that is kind of fun for you. Mm. Because when you're alone, it gives you that opportunity already to have your thoughts kind of come up and you can notice them. I think too many people put pressure on themselves to meditate or to journal or to just sit quietly with a cup of tea when that's like the hardest thing in the world for you to do. Personally, I enjoy these things, but I notice a lot of the times my clients will be trying and trying and they're beating themselves up and they say they don't know who they are and they can't find out because they can't sit still. And what we come up with is, well, go for a walk, mm-hmm. <laughs> go outside, go look at other people's dogs. That's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> so just noticing every single day a way that you can have some quiet time, not necessarily silent, but just quiet, like it's you and your own thoughts that's a big deal. So if it is journaling, if having journal prompts is inspiring, if listening to new music inspires you, you're going to find clues about yourself and anything you could do. So just give yourself that little bit of time where it's not influenced by everybody else what you're doing. It's just you and see what comes up.
0: I think that's the wisest piece of advice. And I encourage everyone to go and take that (laughs) advice because I know when I was first starting out years ago, I realized, wait a second, my mind was like a noisy food court at lunch hour, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was so loud and just so much going on and so much craziness that I couldn't even connect with myself. I had no idea what my little voice inside of me was even saying or guiding me to do. And I think taking those few minutes every day, you know, has made all the difference and it's the small things done consistently that add up to the biggest changes over time. So don't feel like you have to get out there and and make the biggest monumental changes tomorrow. It's just the small things that you do every day that really make Mm -hmm. a big difference, right?
1: No matter what we're doing, if our kids are busy, there's always time to just take one minute and do something by ourselves. So Mm, it really makes all the difference.
0: It does it really does. So with that, what is your vision for a world? if you could draw anything, create mm-hmm. anything, what would that world where everyone is thriving at some level and we have a better relationship with the earth? I mean, what does that look like to you?
1: <laughs> to me, it looks like a whole lot more honesty mm. and compassion and not just compassion and the deep feeling kind of way, but also compassion and like laughing it off. Mm. I think, when we're able to just talk about our mistakes, and we're able to share what we're insecure about, we give everybody else permission to also be just that human. And I think that's where real change starts, because we can't be trying to do everything perfectly and watching our backs for being judged and putting on this facade to keep the mask up and make sure that it looks so shiny and sparkly, and everyone thinks we're fine when we're struggling. Mm -hmm. That's not sustainable. And real change takes a long time. It takes a lot of coming back and repeating the action and that sustained belief. So for me, this world would look like everybody just being able to share. If you're having a bad day, you can share that you're having a bad day. Do you know, if you have a lung infection on an interview and you don't want to cough, (laughs) you can still do it. And you can show people that, yeah, I have a chronic illness and it's not real pretty, but here I am. And I think when you do that, it also gives all those people who are hiding and maybe don't do things because they're afraid, you know, people, other people with CF are afraid that they'll cough Mm -hmm. so they don't do live videos and they don't talk. When you do this thing where you just share who you are and where you are, you give everybody else permission to show up. And that means you're not only changing it by yourself. You have help, a lot of help, and you have excited help and you have help with more energy because these people are also not keeping up their walls and watching their back. So it just ripples a lot faster.
0: And then that's how you build a tidal wave of change. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's engaged in it. You can't do it by yourself.
1: And then you have this global community too. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. And I think that that's what we're building one person standing in their own truth at a time. Yes. Very powerful. Very powerful. So can you share with us a moment that you had either out in nature or in your work or somewhere where you just felt truly like the awe of yourself of what you're creating of the power of the natural world of you know that feeling of true inspiration and oneness with yourself
1: yes okay the first thing that comes to mind is from the Oregon coast actually (laughs) so I lived my whole life in Idaho and I'd seen the ocean one time up until I was 22 years old and I finally was like wait I'm an adult I can go do things I'm gonna go see the ocean (laughs) so I did I saw this little town on the Oregon coast and it was like the minute I got there, I drove into town. I saw the Welcome to Florence sign. I had chills all over my body. I literally had to stop and pull over and just cry. And I got out of my car and was looking around. And there's the forest. And, you know, on the Oregon coast, it's mountains and the ocean and the, the river. And I just saw all of this nature around me. And I was in awe that it was there, for one. But I also felt so deeply connected by just the shift that I felt in myself, the minute I got there, it was like this welcome home feeling. And it was like the roots that I'd always wanted from my childhood. I I felt it all at once. I felt so held Mm. by the world around me. And it was like this moment of, I want to protect this. And also I just want to let this in because I could feel it just wanted to take care of me. It was a really powerful moment for me. I wrote about it later and I I wrote the story about the little bugs that felt like fairies. (laughs)
0: That's amazing. I can feel your enthusiasm about it. It's giving me goosebumps. Me too. It
1: was very special.
0: Yeah, that feels like it. I know. And that's the thing. I think people need to remember that we are all one. We're all interconnected on this planet, including with our nature, relatives, and with the earth, and with with all beings around us. And so we're never really alone. I mean, we can get out there, connect to anything, to a tree, to the wilderness, to a bird flying by, to your neighbor. I mean, we're all one in this whole earth family. And so when you feel alone, just get out there and go for a walk and sit in, and connect in because that's it. It's all part of us too. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is that allowed? (laughs) Absolutely.
1: So, I I told you I recently moved to Florida here. And actually, this connection with nature is something that's been really hard for me Mm. because it's December and it's palm trees and sunny, and I could go hop in the pool if I wanted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you do? Have you ever felt like, you know, if you're in a city and there's not a lot of trees around you and there's not a lot of running water, or if everything just feels more artificial? How do you connect to nature in those moments?
0: That's a good question. And it's something, I mean, I live in Toronto and I'm now actually in the country, so just outside Toronto. So it's (laughs) definitely, I mean, in beautiful nature here. But uh, when I was in the city, one of the things I work with a lot of Indigenous nations around the world. And one thing that a lot of the elders would say is, you know, we need to re-educate all our senses. And so even though you may not see a tree or see the water. I mean, you can breathe the air, you can look up and see the sky, you can feel the wind, you can hear the birds chirping. And so reengaging all of our senses to start to not just look at things, but to experience them truly, then begins to give us a multi dimensional experience. And that's how we start to really relate to things again, right? We start to build a relationship again with our natural world through all of our senses. And it's not just about seeing something, but you could walk down the street and feel the wind against your skin, or the sun shining down on your face, right? And these are all ways that we can just say thank you and acknowledge the beauty of nature everywhere we go. And so I always make a point every morning, wherever I am, I will go outside and I will acknowledge the sun and the earth beneath my feet and the birds chirping and just take a moment of pause to thank the beautiful planet for on which we are and we are a part of. And so you know, in that way, in any small way, you can find a way to connect and, and ultimately, we're all part of the same one family. So even if it's a little blade of grass coming through a crack on the sidewalk, <laughs> that is still, you know, it's still nature that's still us popping through, you know? So um you can be grateful for that too. And thank it can you. tell you its story. I had me tearing up. <laughs> I needed that. That is so beautiful. Well, thank you for that question. It was a great one. <laughs> I all was right. like, I gotta know. <laughs> It is. It, it is kind of amazing because, on the other hand, I was in the Amazon a few years ago and working with Indigenous Nation. And my friend, who's a young Indigenous leader, we were walking through and there was literally nature on steroids. I mean, it's like thousands and thousands of thousands <laughs> sites and every smells. And he's like, how many can you identify? And I'm like, oh, I come from the city, like maybe five smells or sites and, you know, maybe that. And he's like, oh, as kids, we had to identify 5,000, because we always needed to know, you know, what dangers were lurking and what was around. We had to be so present and so connected with our natural world that we were just really aware all the time of, of our relationship with everything around us. And I was just like, wow, talk about presence, you know, Um, really understanding that connection. Right. And I said, well, (laughs) we've got somewhere to work towards. That's for sure. (laughs) In the city. No kidding. We could start with the grass and the trees and and the sun. So, Thank Um, you. So where can people find out about Serendipity Lifestyle and find you and all your great coaching work? They
1: can find me on the serendipitylifestyle.com for all the good blog posts. And there's a real juicy one out there waiting right now, getting a whole lot of feedback. So if you want to see me share my life on the internet, that's where it is. I'm also on Instagram at serendipitybird and I just share live real conversations. There's a lot of permission and space holding happening there. So. That's probably the best place
0: to come see me. And people can come and share their own questions and experiences as well and be part of that community.
1: Absolutely. That's the best part. That's
0: amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jessica. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. And I encourage everyone to check out uh, Serendipity Lifestyle and Jessica and all the amazing work she's doing. And if you just need a space to connect with yourself and get help on this journey, because we're all having a hard time, you know, it's, it's not easy for anyone. And I think everyone can use a safe space to connect and people to talk to and a friendly smile. So feel free to reach out to Jessica and, and check out Serendipity Lifestyle. And I encourage everyone to do that. Thank you. Thank you.